All right, all right, all right. We are going live in five, four, three, two, one. Yo, 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 tell me what you know. Welcome to the Sunshine Show. Woo! Tonight, I have a very special guest for you guys. I have the one and only, the most amazing, the most phenomenal, the most Bowie of them all, Raw Diaz of Suicidal Tendencies. Raw, what's going on, my brother? How are you? Nice meeting you, finally, kind of. Yeah, so nice to meet you. I'm very excited to interview you. I have been excited since me and Josh Paul interviewed and he had so many nice things to say about you. Oh, well, it's mutual. I love that guy. So I, I learned a lot from him, listening to him and, you know, learning his songs. So I owe him a lot. Very cool. What have you been up to today? Watching TV and playing bass. Huh? I mean, uh, for those who don't know, I mean, I just arrived in, like, in Chile two days ago, so I have to do a mandatory quarantine where I'm not allowed to see people or even leave the out the door. So I'm stuck here, but I have a base, so at least I can do that. <laughs> have base, will play, will travel, will go to Chile and sit in quarantine. Yeah. Well, it would be a quarantine without an instrument, right? Yes. So what are you doing in Chile? Visiting family? Uh, I came because um, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm supposed to like have my last process of like the interview to get my green card. So I was notified like super last minute, uh, like less than a week ago. and. And I knew about the quarantine and all that. So I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta leave like tonight. And I just left like next day or whatever. And, and I'm here and hopefully I'll be clear and I can go do everything that I need to do. Well, you know that we are rooting for you and we hope that everything goes good and there's nothing but positive vibes and good energy being sent your way. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure everything's gonna be fine but it's still something like nerve wracking, you know? Oh, like I, like I've, been, I've been processing it for eight years now. So of course, like in the middle of a global, global pandemic, I have my interview. <laughs> yeah. What are the chances? That is so crazy. Um, but you know, just go with the flow, go with the punches. It seems like you're very versatile in all of your things. And I know that you got this raw. I know it's gonna be fine. I have, I have faith. <laughs> I get like usually I, I don't even know why but I, I usually get like good karma so I'm rooting for myself well yeah no and we're all rooting for you too um okay let's get into the nitty-gritty um <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your current projects and then kind of work backwards um, John Hines, who is the mastermind be behind the big old nasty get down. He's a national hero, if you ask me. He really is. And he actually introduced us and I'm so blessed to have him in my life. He is such a fucking superstar. I know he's, he's, I mean, he's been legit keeping music and musicians alive during this time. 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that project and a little bit about how you got to meet John and the people that you're playing with in this project. So the very first time was kind of like out of nowhere. Uh, well, I mean, I saw him play once, like many, many years ago, like before I was in the band. I don't even know if I told him that. Maybe he doesn't even know. Um, it was for like one of like Norwood's like uh, birthday uh, bashes or whatever. But either way, like maybe like a year ago, pretty much almost like a year ago to the day, probably. Uh, he just hit me up and he's like, hey, you know, I got this like project that, you know, I want you to like record. And, and he didn't like fully explain what it was. He's like, I'm just gonna like, you know, I have like a drum truck and just play whatever you want. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like I can just play whatever you want, like whatever I want. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just, you know, do whatever. And I was like, I'm, I'm usually, like, like for the last, I don't know, like 10 years of my life, I'm the like, kind of like the last one jumping in projects. So I'm more used to like, you know, working with something that's already kind of like existing. So he was like, okay, I don't know. And then eventually I'm like, you know, I feel more comfortable if I actually go to your place and do it. Cause you know, if I need directions or something and then I, I showed up and we, you know, we like, you know, met and shook hands, whatever. And then same thing, he's like, just do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. And then after, I, I mean, I had like some ideas already that I showed him. And so we worked on that. But then like after I was done recording, he like revealed the, the true purpose of the thing. And he's like, well, what I'm doing is this and that. And, you know, people are going to record on top of it. And it's like one track that becomes like 10 tracks. And I'm like, holy shit. And then he showed me like a, like a few examples of other people on the uh, on top of like the same drums that I did. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should have done something different, whatever. But you know, but um, and then we I think now we've done maybe four or five of those that I don't know when they're gonna come out. I hope soon because there's a few that I'm like super proud of and and like playing legit with like some of my musical heroes, you know. Some that I haven't even met in person, but you know, it's like. Could you name drop a little bit raw for us? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Because like John always like Polish, whoever is working. So I did one, I mean, drummers, there's some that it's like Chad Smith, Jack Irons, uh, Steven Perkins. Um, also, I'm like a huge Chili Peppers fan, so like I'm doing like I, I I think I'm missing just Cliff Martinez, and I already played with every single drummer in the Chili Peppers. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah. And then there's a song with like Tim Stewart on guitar. He plays with like everybody from Lady Gaga to I don't know Janet Jackson, whatever. And he played with us too. He played in Texas Grooves and Suicidal. Um, there's like musicians from Brazil. There's a Brazilian drummer, you know. And then there's a lot of stuff that I haven't even heard where it's going. So I, there might be a lot of people that I'm, I don't even, I'm not even aware yet that they're gonna be on it, but it's always like cool musicians and people. So I always get like a little starstruck when I, he sent me a text, okay, so this guy is gonna jump on it. I'm like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, cool. I can't, I couldn't even imagine. Um, 
So you work with, you know, John Hines, the big old nasty get down. We're going to drop the group um, in the comments. You guys make sure to go and follow the big old nasty get down. They are going to go on tour here pretty soon. You do not want to miss them. I hope so. I hope um, they yeah, right. Yeah, still that deal, raw. Um, actually, let me drop in these comments really quick and see who's wiggle nasty get down there. Boom, boom, boom. We have in the building Lindsay, Aaron Wolf, Jason Schmidt, David Pastoris. What's up, bro? What's up, David? We have Wiz Fire in the house. Uh, we got Margie Ingle, Brian Monroe, Mike. Torin, I know you and Mike Torin are really good friends. I love Mike. He actually uh, teched for us on a Canadian tour. He is such a sweet guy, and I just love He's all the, the posts. One of the very few people allowed to work on my basis. <laughs> well, that's something to be said. I love him. Yeah. Hell He's yeah! Very of everything we do, so uh, Mikey is family. Very cool. What's up, Marhill? I see you, Bam Bam. Um, cool. So I've noticed recently, I believe it was like on your Facebook or on your Instagram that you actually collaborated with Travis Barker. In a way, Let's I guess. talk about it. So it's funny because he just posted that video of him drumming. And I was like, this is like at the very, very beginning of like, you know, COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just at home bored and I'm like, well, that's like a cool beat. And I just kind of like grabbed the video and, and jammed on top of it. And I sent it to him. He's like, hey, you know, is it cool if I post this, you know? And he was like, yeah, bro, it's, it's awesome. And he like shared it and all that and I posted it. And so, I mean, it's not like directly collaborated with him, but before like a year earlier or something, he did uh, play drums on one of the suicidal songs. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he's the only guest ever on any suicidal song. Wow. And, and but that he recorded those drums like on his in his studio and all that. So we didn't really like play it together. So we've never like at the same time live played together. But you said so either way, ahead, that sorry. video that you know I posted with him playing is the one that kind of started the whole thing of like collaborating with other people online, you know, like Charlie from Anthrax is like, hey, how do you guys do it? I'm like, no, we just did this and that. And then we started, I did one with just me and Charlie and then Charlie's like, damn, we need like a guitar player. And we got like Alex from Testament and it just kind of like, you know, eventually kept growing and growing. And to the point that, I don't know, like five hours ago, I just recorded another video that we're doing with them. Really? So you're yeah. just constantly doing, you're in like collaboration mode right now. I mean, mostly with like people that I love and songs that I like. That's kind of like my rule. <laughs> That's a good yeah. rule. That's a like good rule. It doesn't even have to be like someone from a band, you know, like I did a, a video last year that it was like me and two Chilean friends like playing Taylor Swift. Yeah, you know, like we did a, in a super cool arrangement and, and it's like on my Instagram, it's probably like far back, but and, <laughs> and I think it's, I think honestly, I think that's the favorite video I've done on the whole thing, you know, in the last year and, and 
and it's not with like a big name or anything it was just me and two friends just like fucking around wow that's fucking i love it dude you gotta like think outside of the box especially right now during these crazy times yeah i just want to do like fun stuff and i don't know keep well when when everything started i i kept it i used to call it like entertaining myself by entertaining other people so i guess that's what i'm doing you know like just it's half Killing time, half work, I guess. I don't know, yeah. Sure. So Lindsay- I know I'm getting paid, but it's still work. <laughs> um, Lindsay in the comments said she was just watching your Instagram live video and you were like a beast. So you do go live on, on, on Instagram as well. From time to time, yes, just to like, yeah. Like I do it super out of nowhere and I play like one or two songs and I'm like, okay, I'm out. Just to like whatever. It's usually stuff that I'm just, for some reason, it was like stuck in my mind. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I remember how to play this song. So sometimes it's like, it's not even like showing off or anything. It's like just trying, like testing my own memory. And like, and sometimes like I just put songs that I've never even learned. And I try to learn them on the spot in like in front of everyone. And I don't know, just to like put some extra pressure, I guess. Yeah, uh, Lindsay says you have a great bass face. I have to concur with her. <laughs> Thank you. I I practice a lot in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, David Pastore says that you guys need to collab on something. And I one thousand. I know David is one of those like incredible bass players that I've been following forever, and we haven't we've never met in person. <laughs> he is phenomenal. Oh my no. god, guy, he blows. I wanna. Me. I wish I could like you know slap the stuff he does. Like, it's like crazy stuff. <laughs> Well, he gives lessons, so he definitely will give you a lesson at a very fair price. <laughs> yeah, I can teach you, uh, I don't know, Spanish. <laughs> there you go. Some, some trade. Oh, yeah, dude, I am about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into suicidal tendencies. How did that journey begin for you? Well, it started many, many, many years ago when I was just a kid and a fan of the band in Chile. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not embarrassed by it because I guess everybody did it at that point. But you know, I was like writing to like the, the, the fan club or whatever and all that. And so I, I was kinda in a way in touch with them, not direct. I didn't really know who I was talking to, but I was somehow kinda there and then eventually you know facebook whatever i was like in touch a little bit with dean the guitar player mainly and the first time that they came to play in chile i was like legit waiting for them at the airport to like take pictures with them and everything oh i love this story <laughs> and um, and i mean they kind of knew who i was like at least they knew that i was like a real person whatever so they trusted me a lot and, you know, I showed them around to a few of them. My Thundercat was with them on bass that time and you know, ah. I took him to like, you know, grab some food and we partied a little bit and, you know, it was two shows. I went with them. I took pictures at both shows. I was kind of like their unofficial, official photographer for the trip. And we always stayed in touch, you know, 
then they came again in 2010. And when that show was announced, I already had my, uh, before moving to the US, I moved to Mexico. And I already had my plane ticket for that. And it was like the day after I was leaving. So I changed my ticket. I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna miss this. And, you know, we hung out again and I was like with them all day, sound check, hotel, everything. And then, you know, eventually I ended up moving to the US and I would go to all their shows. And I mean, I'm on a music video as an extra, you know, in the mosh pit. And eventually they, you know, they always knew I was a fan and that I kind of like played bass. But eventually I started playing with people that, you know, they knew or, or, or respected or whatever. And I guess my name kind of like started getting out there more seriously. And, you know, at some point it was just, it, you know, things happened in the band, whatever. And that got to the point that they were looking for someone kind of in a hurry. And, you know, some people kind of told him, he's like, well, what about that kid from Chile that already knows all the songs? He loves the band, already knows all the songs. And, you know, he kind of knows what everything is. And they called me and I went and I like, if I might be wrong, but I legit, I think we rehearsed once like on a Friday and we went on tour like on Monday, something like that. Wow, dude, that is fucking badass. Kind of like that, or maybe it was a Thursday or whatever, but like super like like that. And luckily I was, you know, ready, I guess. And, or I thought I was until I was like in the middle of the tour. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot different than what I thought, you know, but. So uh, how, cool. how, how are you not like starstruck by like being in the band that you were once like the biggest fan of? I don't know if like starstruck, but I think I was more like, cause I mean, I've met them before and all that, you know? So, I mean, I mean, I mean, till this day I get a text from one of them and I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm assuming not everybody sometimes gets a text from like Mike Muir or Dave Lombardo, you know, it's like, oh. But I mean, it, it, the, the starstruck part to me, I think it was more when we started like touring and playing with other bands and I would like randomly meet other people, you know. Like my very first show, it was in, in Vegas and we were like opening uh, for Megadeth. And I mean, just for by Megadeth. that. I'm yeah, and I'm like, just that. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And then, like, right before we went on stage, like, you know, out of nowhere, like, Corey Taylor shows up, you know? And I'm like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, and he goes like, oh, so you're the new bass player? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes like, this is one of my favorite bands. Don't fuck it up. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's cool. I mean, I mean, obviously, he was just joking, but, I mean, it's cool. And... And I'll, I'll, I'm still not used to it, like, honestly. Like, what? I still get very starstruck every time that we go on tour and I see a band that I love or whatever, you know, and I'm like, just like fangirling all day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would have been like that with Thundercat. Uh, we talked a little bit before we went live and I am just the, one of the hugest Thundercat fans of all time. And yeah. you actually like got to hang out with him and kick it with him. Like, what was that like? That was cool. Like, I mean, and this is like right before, like the very first time I met him, it was Thundercat, you know, a few years before 
blowing up as Thundercat, you know? He was, I mean, he was already an incredible, amazing bass player that everybody looked at, but he, a couple of years after that, he's became like this incredible, you know, solo artist. And I don't know, like the cool thing about him is like, I mean, it's not like we talk every day or whatever, but if we run into each other, it's always like, hey, bro, what's up? You know, he's like the same, you know, funny dude. And I, that's what I love. And you know, I've been lucky, like, especially in suicidal, like every former bass player that I've met, it's always been like someone super cool, super down to earth, like from Trujillo to Josh, to Thundercat, to Morgan, to Tim, you know, everybody's always been super cool rap people. So I'm the one fucking it up, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what a blessing though, to be a part of like such a legendary band. Um, congratulations on getting the gig. Like you obviously fucking earned it and deserve it 1000%. Um, wow, let's talk a little bit about road life because I've seen your shows and they are fucking wicked. I mean, you guys are playing for thousands and thousands of, of people, mosh pits. You guys are running all over the place. Like, what do you have to do to prepare for tour? Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Well, I mean, now lately, this last couple of years, I go to like the gym almost twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before that, I mean, it was just like, okay, I just kind of like close my eyes and hope for the best, I guess. But eventually you get like a kind of like a hold of it, you know, like my first show, I was like super alert to like, what's going on? And then eventually like, you know, I know that in this particular song, this you know, the guitar player usually goes there. So I go the other side, you know, there's some sort of, not choreography, but like specific moments that it's okay. So Mike's gonna go there so I can go here, you know, stuff like that. But it took a few shows to kind of like get it. And yeah. what we do is like, not to like a full degree, but when we rehearse, we also like kind of like run around a little bit and stuff just for the fun of it. Oh, yeah. Because of that, everybody thinks that we're like super crazy people that I don't know where. But I mean, I don't know, like, ask Mike, like he was on a tour bus with us for like a couple of weeks or whatever. And we're like the most mellow group of people. Like we're actually pretty boring, I guess. Uh, Mike, I know you're here. I see you dropping comments. What <laughs> was it like living with suicidal tendency on the road? Were they really boring? Were they really as boring as Rob? <laughs> no, I mean, you, I mean, you know, like everybody thinks that on tour you're like partying all the time and all that. And our party is like, okay, let's find a good place to have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at some point you can only party so much in your life, right? Yeah, we, we save the energy for the stage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We rest a lot. Yeah, man. So you guys, I know, have played the Netherlands. You guys have been on so many tours. Where's one of your favorite or your most favorite place to play that you've played so far? There's, I guess, different like versions of it. Because like craziest shows are always like South America, like Chile, Argentina, Brazil. My favorite place to like go. Uh, and I was actually, I, Facebook reminded me of it. I was there exactly three years ago today. Uh, it's Japan. Japan is like, you know, Japan. It's like the best place ever. And so I love going to Japan. 
even if we're not playing, I, I, I've been there a couple of times, like just like vacation or walk around or whatever. Really? Do you like the food there? Do you eat like the little like? I mean, I have the food everywhere, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love everything Japan, uh, be it uh, food or even sightseeing, you know, temples and the weird stuff that you don't even understand, but it's awesome, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll go anywhere. Like one of my favorite mini, I will say mini tour because it was only two shows. It was going to Hawaii like two years ago. Like that one, that's one thing I never thought I would do. Like go with my favorite band to play in Hawaii, you know? And, and I stay an extra week, like cruising around and you know, doing tourist stuff. And I've never been there before. But you know, I, 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 we went to Cuba and played two shows. Oh wow! You know, not, not really. Not many people can say that. You know, like we actually went in like a little van and traveled the entire island, like from one, you know, edge to the other, and like played two amazing shows. And you know, that was insane. I never thought I would do that. So, and you know, and I love Europe because. You know, it's just beautiful and food everywhere, and you can, you know, in a couple of days you can go, in a couple of days you can be at three or four different countries. You know, what's your favorite thing to eat in Europe? I don't know. There's just too many. Sometimes I don't even, I don't even remember or even know how to pronounce the names. I love, well, I, I mean, I love, I absolutely am obsessed and love like melted cheese so switzerland is right there at the top i'll do anything fondue <laughs> <laughs> getting cheesy with it yeah you know i mean how can you not you know oh yeah uh let's see mike torrent says absolutely not boring but cool and chill on the bus <laughs> energy was on stage <laughs> see we save our energy for the stage yeah and you guys put a hell of a show together i mean every single show is just packed with energy and that's why i asked what you do to get ready because i i figure you have to like be in tip-top shape i mean you're singing while you're playing the bass you're running around you're interacting with the crowd there's a lot that goes into it yeah but i mean i don't know if you can like kind of like prepare for it it's just it's just kind of like the way it is and you just do it or not like like nobody told me how to do it or i never you know it's just something that happens naturally i think because like everybody else is also like on the same page so it's just something that you know it's like contagious and you just go for it i guess so yeah you're probably feeding not, off each other's energy too yeah and sometimes we you know we clash into each other we get cuts and whatever but you know it is what it is. Do you have like any crazy fan stories? I don't know, like crazy, I don't know. Like I remember in, I wouldn't say crazy, but like when we, like my first time that I went to Russia, it was very intense, like very intense. <laughs> like as far as what? Of like, you know, 
I don't know, like dudes grabbing you and like, you take picture with me now and like flashing your face and, like, ah, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? You know, but it, I mean, it wasn't like crazy, like, you know, it was scary or anything, but, but it was definitely And I don't know, sometimes, you know, everything's so chaotic that I don't know, I, I, I fell from stage many times, you know, I really, yeah, I fell from stage many, many times. That is like my biggest fear in life. What do you mean you fell from stage? How do you just I, fall off the it stage? Was my very first time playing in Melbourne, Australia. Intro of the song, intro, intro of the show. Like it was the intro of the show. And I go to the front and there's like a, you know, some cables or whatever. And I trip and I fell from stage, landed on my base. Somehow it didn't break. Like I stood up and all security is like, what the fuck? And, you know, they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know, but I gotta like keep playing. And I was on a wireless. So I like run around the stage, went on and kind of hit the first note of the song because it was just the intro. <laughs> and we played the whole show. And then after the show, I was like, oh, I'm actually not feeling too well. And I saw, and I was like, all, you know, purple and, <laughs> and bruises and they took me to like the you know the not emergency i don't know how you call it like the tent the medical tent whatever they were like yeah you should like rest and not play and i'm like well we only have like eight shows in a row coming up so cool awesome have fun <laughs> you know and <laughs> i don't know i always have like weird shit happen to me like some i don't I, there's so much stuff going on and craziness and all that that stuff just it's inevitable that something's gonna happen at some point so yeah. I kind of think about it. It's like whatever happens, okay, you know, fuck it. Just go with the go with the punches, and as long as you like, just keep rocking and rolling. If you can, then you're all good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't mind me falling or getting punched in the face or anything, as long as my base is not like cutting. <laughs> I'm fine. You know? Yeah. For sure. As long as my base doesn't go out, I'm fine. I'll I'll figure whatever else. You know. And so is that the bass that you normally take with you on the road or is that just a practice bass? Let's talk uh, about it. It's similar. It's a, a, a Schecter J5, but this is like super like standard straight from there. Like the one I use is basically the same one, but they turn it, this is passive. They turn it uh, active for me. Um, but that's it. It's still a you know a jazz bass, and, and that's pretty much it. Nothing other than the switch to active is nothing really. Not like stuck. Like I didn't change anything else. It's just the pickups, and that's it. And nah. it's just comfy, you know. I have a, a way many many like different bases, but it's just the one that feels comfy for me to run around and play this stuff. You know, it's not yeah. super heavy. You know, so it's like, it makes it a little easier. Very cool. What kind of strings do you use? Uh, the Adario, like, uh, what is it? Uh, nickel and that's pretty much it. Nothing really, I don't use anything that you can't like find anywhere. You know, like, smart, like all my gear is like super normal. And, and that actually has been good because sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere. It's like, oh shit, this whatever happened or this broke, whatever. It's like, okay. Where's up, you know, any guitar shop, I'll find it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that's good. And so like, what about your rig? What kind of rig do you play through? Uh, GK. I have like two uh, 410s. Oh, shit. 
And oh no, I'm actually like for the last years I've been playing the Neo cabinets. Okay. And I love them because they they're like super super light, and you can also do the um, ah, how you call it the the biamp. Okay. And so yeah, I'm like half the time I'm like my own kind of like tech and roadie, so I appreciate the fact that they are super light. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, does it go up to eleven? Huh? Does it go up to eleven? Is the real question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the right yeah. answer. I love it. Look, I have the volume knob that goes to eleven tattooed. Oh hell yeah, dude! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your tattoos. What's going uh, on there? Uh, there's a lot going on, but uh, nothing really makes too much sense. When did you get your first tattoo? Why did you get it? Were you just like, and after that, did you just get like ink hungry like we all do? Uh, I actually started getting like my first tattoo. I think I was like 26 or something. So I kind of waited. I'm 37 now. So it's been the last 10 years or something. And yeah, like that one was my first one. And then it just kind of went from there, like, you know, like I would look at myself and it's like, oh, that's cool. And then like turn my arm and there's nothing there. And I was like, that's kind of shitty. So then I did that. And then I was like, oh, and I'm always wearing like, like no sleeves. So it was like, oh, my forearm is all tattooed and then I don't have anything here. And like, in, like I'm not even kidding. In, I think I'm in a month, I had like a full sleeve. And then I was like, oh, well this arm, you know, it's all covered and this one doesn't have anything. So, and then I was like, I'm gonna do the opposite thing. So I started from the top and I'm like, that's gonna be easier, you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> like in a couple of months, I already have the, the other sleeve and- Oh yeah. yeah. But like, they're all kind of like random or, or stuff that I, I'm the only one that kind of gets it. It's not like, it wasn't like something planned or, yeah, no, that's always like the most special ones are when they mean something special to you. Yeah, like usually I get tattoos when something like, you know, a big event happened or whatever, like, I don't know, uh, my nephew was born or whatever, but it's not like I get a, a tattoo that represents him or anything. It's just kind of like, I remember, okay, I got this tattoo when this happened, you know? Yes, oh my God, I'm so much the same. I got my entire back sleeve done in a, like an eight hour session and then like the whole outline and then I went back a week later and they did like all the color and I've done a few sessions after that but literally like I was just thrilling it and then yeah. after that did my whole like thigh sleeve after that in one session the outline and the color. Um, I tried to do everything that I get in one session because I hate doing the, the the waiting and, and all that I yeah like I got the like my hands and you know I went and uh, my friend Jojo did them and he's like okay so this is what we can do like we can do one or both outlines and then you come you know you come back and we color them and I'm like nope like nope <laughs> no, sorry you know but I I there's no way I'm leaving like you know without my hands done yeah but you have like i was like leading to a couple shows like the next day he was you're gonna have to like you know take care of the hands and i'm like i don't care i'll do it 
Brutal. Brutal. I find it like the, how you call it, like the transparent, whatever thing, patches. Yeah. Display. Whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, all right. We have Margie in the comments asking, how old were you when you first started playing the bass? I don't remember ex the exact exact age, but I want to say probably 11 or 12. So like 25 years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And why the bass? Why did you pick the bass? Why, why not? It's the best. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's correct. Uh, my brother started playing guitar, and like electric guitar, and we got like a little those kind of like kits, like drum kits. And then you know, like I I was playing drums, and then I always I was always drawn to like bass-driven music, like you know, Chili Peppers, Infectious Grooves, uh, Fishbone stuff like that so at some point i was like yeah i'll give it a shot with bass and also we moved from a house to an apartment so it was way easier to like play bass sure but, uh, i mean i was it was just kind of like a natural transition you know? very cool um how's the weed in chile leaf wants to know i don't know because i don't smoke weed <laughs> <laughs> We, you were gonna have to ask somebody else, Leaf Arrow, but good question. I appreciate it. Well, I'm assuming it's not like the greatest because like the first thing my friends do when they go to like the US, it's like, I need to try this weed. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> you guys, if you have any comments or questions for Raw, drop them in the chat. I will get to them. I appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us tonight. We're having a really great time. Um, so let's talk about like your transition into suicidal tendencies. What bands were you playing? You said that the guys had heard about you before you actually started playing with them. Uh, I played like anything, anywhere with anyone that pretty much called me or needed a bass player from, you know, playing churches on the weekend to, uh, pop gigs to like, you know, playing for two people in a bar, cover gigs, weddings. I played, uh, I don't know, I played like a Motown kind of musical thing. Uh, but then also in, in, in between, I started, you know, playing with, uh, I don't know, I played with uh, Rick Thorne, who was, he's like a friend of the band and he's like a pro BMX guy. And he also has a band, so I was like in his band. I played with D.H. Peligro from Dead Kennedys. Ooh! I did a thing, like a one-time thing, with like Chad Smith on drums and like Tom Morello and stuff. At the oh house my god! Me. What? Let's talk about that really quick. I did, that was like a super last-minute call too. And well, I also did stuff with like the with some members of Cypress Hill and like Beastie Boys, and, but like random things, you know. It was like like this festival or like this show and stuff. But it eventually, you know, I guess it meant for some people, it's like, oh shit, like this guy, like, it's not just a fan that plays bass, he's actually a bass player, if that makes sense, you know, like something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you, yeah. Lindsay wants to know if you have a favorite song that you play live? I don't know. I mean, it's not like the most, 
entertaining song bass wise, but I just love whenever we play Pledge, uh, Pledge Your Allegiance, because that's when we like bring everybody on stage and, you know, and, and shit goes wild. But I think it's more about that situation than the song itself. But I also love, we, well, I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time, we always start the show playing You Can Bring It Down, which, I mean, it's, uh, it's been always one of my favorite songs, but I love starting with that song because in like a matter of seconds, you know, kind of how the show's gonna go. Like mm -hmm. they go like fucking crazy right away because it's like one of like, you know, the hits. It's like, okay, this is gonna be a good show, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So I, I just love that, you know. But I, I I love all the songs. I love. Sometimes I don't even know what we're playing. There's no set list or anything. We just go from whatever Mike is, you know, calling. Oh wow! Or sometimes there is a set list, but we still don't follow. We just it, it's more like whatever Mike calls or you know. So you kind of have to be prepared. You always <laughs> have to be prepared, right? Yeah. Well, the good thing is, like you know, Mike in between songs, he always like does like these like little speeches or whatever yeah we call it like i don't know like the psycho speech or psycho talk whatever and um, so sometimes even if he doesn't say the name of the song he's like oh he's talking about this so i'm like i'm guessing we're playing this song you know, and we just kind of get ready for that oh for sure yeah i like his speeches they're very yeah. empowering yeah yeah it's always very like motivational yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's so fast that I get a little lost in the English, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Monroe says he really digs your style. Oh, thank you. Um, and Lynn, if, if they see me looking down, it's because I'm trying to like go through comments too. Oh, okay, good. So he's reading. It's not, your that, I'm being, it's not that I'm being disrespectful. I'm not paying attention to you. It's just that. <laughs> he's reading your comments, you guys. So drop them in the comments section. Hey, uh, so let's talk about your favorite Disney movie. Do you have one? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know if I've thought of it. There's well, you million... better think about it now. There's a million like good Disney movies. You know? What's the latest one that I watch? I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> what about Coco? Have you seen Coco? Sometimes I, sometimes I get like confused which one is like Disney, which one is like uh, whatever? Uh, what's the other one like DreamWorks? Pixar, or whatever. yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah, Pixar. Have you the seen? Watch is the, what is it called? Soul, but I don't remember. I don't think it's Disney, right? Oh, Soul. Somebody told me to watch that. I've heard that that was. A yeah, really I don't remember if it's Disney or I think it's Pixar. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure, but I definitely will go check it out now that you have recommended it as well. Yeah, but I love like, uh, I don't know, people are gonna laugh, but I love like all the old stuff from when I when I was like growing up, like from the Lion, the original like Lion King and- The original uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, or like even, even you know, like the music of like the Little Mermaid, it's amazing. Can you uh, sing the Little Mermaid song, Ra? No, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I loved it, even though I, I watched it Recently, I never watched it before, but uh, I love like um, I love the uh, Mulan. Sounds good. Uh, what else? They're Aladdin. I don't know. There's just a million ones. There but are I speak ones like uh, the what's the 
the 101 Dalmatians or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like the classics. I'm oh, old. you like 101 Dalmatians? That is absolutely oh. heartwarming. Uh, what is the... Um, Sometimes I don't remember the names in English, but um, oh, Lady and the Trump. Oh yeah. I love Lady and the Trump. I really yeah. like that one too. Oh, uh, what about favorite movies in general, or a favorite movie in general? It doesn't have to be a Disney movie. Um, a sucker for comedies like the dumbest, the better. Uh. I'm, I'm like a Will like, Ferrell kind of movie. I'm, I'm like obsessed with like Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler and Jack Black and all that. Like I'm, I live for like anything with Chris Farley on it. I fucking love Chris Farley. I love. I Chris Farley. believe that we we would have been like best buddies, you know. But it's still, I, I still kind of like stick to classics when it comes to that. Like like the old. Adam Sandler, Chris Farley movies, David Spade, uh, I don't know, Ghostbusters, you know, like Police Academy, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Revenge of the Nerds, you know, like all oh, those. Oh, hell yeah, dude, the yeah. classics. What about- yeah. um, I'm very Caddyshack. 80s, 90s. Which one? Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, anything uh, Bill, Bill Murray, it's like, oh, okay. that's the God. Golden, golden. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Poblete, sorry, I cannot pronounce your first name. He says, oh, that's, a, that's a, uh, uh, my friend Alvaro from Chile. Hi, Alvaro. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Dog. Oh, yeah. I, I love anything Kevin Smith, too. Uh, Brian Monroe says, Pulp Fiction and Tommy Boy. We have Groundhog Day. Yeah. Tommy Boy, I was just watching Tommy Boy like two days ago. Have you seen Casa de Mi Padre? I was talking about this last night. It's Will Ferrell's yeah. like, oh my God, I fucking love that movie. Uh, it's just so bizarre to me seeing him like in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the music is great too. It's very like, you know, I think the, it is like the main, the theme song is like Christina Aguilera or something, right? I yeah. Think so. Yeah, it is. It is. And just the movie is so kind of awkward because they make it like one of those old novellas, you know, where yeah, they're and there's like, like, like on purpose, like editing errors and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, guys, if you guys have not checked out Casa de Mi Padre, you guys really have to check it out. It has subtitles if you don't speak Spanish. Totally yeah. okay. Yes. Um, I don't know if, if one of those that some people gonna get it and some don't like same with like I don't know like Nacho Libre or whatever. Oh, I love it's, Nacho like, Libre. Me too. But there's people that are like, oh, I don't get it. I don't understand this humor. It's like, what? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I I I love all those. Like those are the exact like kind of movies that I like to watch. And I can watch them like a million times. I don't care. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Jason Schmidt is asking, how's the sound of your black bass with the RIP Tide pickups? Very curious. Thank you. Uh, is that, it doesn't mean the, the four string? Because I have two black basses. So Ooh. I don't know. Jason one is a four, well, one is a four string that has like the Robert Trujillo pickups in it. And it's it's a it's like a Schecter jazz, but four string and, and with the active Robert Trujillo. I love that bass. 
like and I don't know if it's the bass or the pickups, but it's just amazing. I there's a video on on my Instagram that I did like uh I don't well I don't remember if it's on my Instagram or like EMG's Instagram, but or maybe both, I don't know. But um I played like a few of like my favorite like Robert Trujillo, like in Texas Grooves uh, stuff, and it sounds like awesome and pretty much just like it. And then on the other black bass, uh, I, I also have like the same, well, not Trujillo, but I have EMGs in it too, and it's amazing. But that one also has a, a dark glass, like little preamp in it, a tone capsule. And yeah, so I, all my basses, I, I, or they are, or I turn them into active. I just, um, I love like the more kind of, I guess modern sound or whatever, but it still sounds like a jazz bass or whatever, but it's just, it has that like little extra punch, I guess. Um, yeah, the tone is very important, especially when you're in a band like Suicidal Tendencies. It's not, yeah, I mean, like I need something that can, you know, cut through two guitars and one Dave Lombardo. You know, so <laughs> the active pickups really help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jason said, thank you for the advice. <laughs> Jason, thank you for your question. We really appreciate you. Um, I had a question up here um, from Leaf. Who are your mentors slash influences? I have many. You can just I mean, say there's, there's obviously like Chilean bass players that maybe people don't know or or Chilean bands that people might not know that people are watching now, but I mean, there's, I mean, a specific Chilean bands would be, uh, there's a band called Los Tetas, which means the tits. <laughs> And there's another one called Chancho and Piedra and one called Los Morton. All three of those have like amazing bass players. Uh, and also like people that became friends with and they're awesome. And on top of that, I had like my Chilean like teachers and and they have their own bands like Mandracula and all that. And my, you know, uh, teacher that I learned the most because I went to the I went to like jazz school for six years. Oh wow! And my main teacher there was like Miguel Perez, who is incredible and not just a great bass player. It's like he's actually a great like teacher, you know. Like just that's different, you know. It's a major major thing. You can be taking lessons with an amazing bass player, but if he doesn't really know how to like get to you, you know. Especially when I was like the rock kid in a jazz school, you know, I wasn't like that familiar he helped me a lot till this day sometimes i still write him he's like hey what the fuck's going on here <laughs> can you tell us some and, of the, uh, <laughs> right, and, no no i was gonna say like and then you know classic bass players you know like bootsy Jacko, uh, i don't know you know uh, trujillo everybody that played in in infectious grooves and suicidal you know josh Trujillo, Thundercat, and I don't know, Stanley Clark, there's so many. Uh, I love all the like Stanley Clark, George Duke thing. I love all that, you know, like there's just, and even in bands that are not like super 
maybe stuff that bass players listen to, but I don't know, like Sam Rivers from like Nimbiscuit has like amazing bass lines, you know, like super hip hop stuff kind of thing. I was just playing Nimbiscuit before coming in here. Can you, can you play us um, some Limp Biscuit? I mean, I don't know if you're gonna hear, but like counterfeit is like, You know, that's super kind of hip hop and and funky and you know, and yeah. just that stuff, you know, and what else? I love, I, like I, I mentioned earlier, I did a lot of uh, kind of like Motown stuff. So I, I love like James Jamerson and all that. Like, I, I, I don't know, I like, I like, I don't know if it's like bass players specific, but I just like, if it's you know if it's like a good song it's a good song i don't care what genre it is or who's playing it or not. it's just that i guess yeah for anything, you know i sometimes love that. that that you travel and all that sometimes you get to a place and i don't know there's an opening band you never heard of and bass player is amazing i'm like holy shit you know and then you go and download you know whatever and so you never know like i'm sure there's like a million bass players that i've never even heard of that are probably amazing Yes, um, I you uh, you mentioned that you have a jazz background, and that's badass. I also have a jazz background. I studied jazz all the way middle school, high school, till I graduated college. Um, I was in the jazz band, and I just there. I have a special special place in my heart for jazz music. Yeah. I don't I don't do much jazz stuff. Like in high school, I used to play in like the 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 band like but it was more like a kind of like a orchestra kind of situation and then when i kind of you know decided that i wanted to like pursue music uh, me and also like my parents they were like, okay well i mean if you want to do it like do it properly and go to like a school and that and most schools here are, are jazz oriented so but before going in school besides me playing in the in like the band in high school I didn't really know any I didn't have like any jazz background I learned everything in school so that's why it was so important to me that Miguel was such a good teacher you know like he would like approach me in like a different way you know than just like chords and notes he like he knew how to like get to me and also he never kind of tried to change the bass player that I was, you know? He was very encouraging of me like playing rock and, you know, yeah, slapping, you know, and all that. And because he also had a rock band. He's like an amazing session player. Okay. Like, had, like a super cool rock band here. So he kind of, we kind of clicked right away. Like we were like two different versions of us or generations, you know, whatever. No, that's awesome. So. A few of the characteristics that make a great teacher um, are not trying to change the student, but kind of encourage the student's natural progression, kind of. Yeah, I mean, to me, that was like the main thing that I'm like grateful for, you know, because I guess one of the I guess, I mean, I don't know, it's not official or anything, but I guess one of the biggest rules in not just music, but like art or whatever, is like kind of remain true to yourself, right? So 
it wasn't like I got into like jazz school and I was like, oh shit, I, I, now I have to become a jazz guy. Yeah, no, I was like learning the theory, practicing the songs, doing my homework. I actually did really good. I, I was from my generation that got in, I was like the only bass player that actually finished. You know, and so I'm, I'm proud of that. And, but the sad thing is like, I wish I, I mean, I, I could do it at home, but I mean, I wish I had more opportunities to like do something more jazzy or whatever, which is cool what we've been doing with John because sometimes I can throw a little bit of that, you know? Yeah. And like I did, I did a song for, with a, a Brazilian drummer that he recorded that I, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name, so. But it was like, you know, kind of jazzy uh, then switches to like, kind of like a bossa nova thing. And I'm just, you know, following him and stuff. And I sent it to John and say, hey, you know, I came up with this and he loved it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, so it, it, that's what I'm excited about when people listen to these things, because sometimes it's gonna be stuff that people didn't even know that I enjoy playing. Or, or that's also like the cool thing that, that we've been doing all those videos with like Charlie and Alex, you know. Some people think it's like, oh, this is like the punk kid that plays in that punk band or whatever. And then they see me playing, you know, like a fucking rush instrumental stuff, like note by note. Like I actually sat down and, le and learned it like note by note. Did you really? Yeah. A rush song? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done like four or five so far. And okay. like the very first couple we did, I did it like legit note by note. Like, okay, so the second verse, third time around, he does this feel like super. Uh, and then like, I, I eventually I was like, uh, you know, I'm gonna throw something in it or whatever and started like improvising a little bit more. But, but uh, like at the, the first time we started posting that, it was like, like friends of mine or, or people that follow the band, they were like, dude, I didn't know you could play that. You know, like, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm a bass player. <laughs> that's fucking amazing um getty lee is just out of this world like an alien or something i don't even know what's going on with him he's a whole vibe a whole situation i wish that at some point i get to like meet him because I, that would be very kind of like i don't know like the circle thing you know yeah, well, also, I wonder if he's seen the videos too. Have you tagged him in them? In a few or whatever, but I mean, I've heard of people that actually know him and they go like, oh, I sent it to him, whatever. But I never get like something like, oh, you know, Gary actually saw it and said this and that, you know? So I don't really know. Talk to John about it, because I think John just bought one of Getty Lee's bases, so he's got the connect there. Yeah, but what <laughs> if, he, if I actually ask, and then he goes like, oh yeah, I saw it, fucking sucks. No, he <laughs> wouldn't say that. He wouldn't. <laughs> hey, as long as he saw it, that's all that matters, and I doubt he would yeah. have anything bad to say about your playing, because you're such a fucking badass. Um, so this is kind of a random question. Marhill wants to know if you know who Guillermo Lynch is. He's an artist from Chile that used to live with his family. No, I mean, it sounds kind of familiar, but I wouldn't say that I know him. <laughs> he is may he have a, heard of him. Is he a, a bass player or, or artist? Like, I don't know. I think he's a singer. Oh, I don't think I know him, no. 
At first, well, you, I thought you were going to say Guillermo Badalaj, who is like an Argentinian uh, bass player, but no, Guillermo Lynch, I don't know. Um, I know that somebody asked earlier if you had ever played with Flea before. With Flea? Yeah. I haven't, but we've been, we've had some interactions when I was like a kid. He, he owns one of my bases. Really? Yeah. I gave it to him and uh, he, he's bring, he brings it on tour and all that and it's there in his rig. Um, we've met a few times and he's always been super cool and nice. Like I hang out with the, the whole band when I was like 14 here in Chile. Oh and, my God, Ra, you like then, what? And then a few years later and but I mean, like me and him, like sitting down and playing, not really, but the first time we met, I had my bass with me and like I played and then he played a little bit and stuff like that, but I would never like officially jam, you know? And then that show, he like called me on stage in the middle of the show and all that. it was super cool. Yeah. Um, but we haven't really never had the opportunity to jam. And I did a video for like his birthday a couple of years ago for Bass Player Magazine that I mean, like, I don't know, in like a minute, I did like one, one of my favorite like solos or bass lines of each song of their albums. I mean, of each uh, one from each album. Okay. What's yeah. your favorite song from the red, um, from One Hot Minute? Oh, probably, I love Deep Kick, but I love that record like completely. Oh my God, I love, what's that? Um, I think it's gotta be Aeroplane and um, P, the one that. See, I still remember it. That's my memory. Some people, you know, that's why I do the Insta the Instagram live thing. It's like, I wonder if I learned this song. And then I go live with people watching and it's like, okay, I need to focus on doing it. <laughs> I love it. There you go, mom. My mom was in the comments asking what you were gonna play for us. And so you answered <laughs> mom's wish. Thank you very much. Um, you guys, we're going on about an hour, so I'm going to start wrapping this up. I want to be very respectful of Ross' time, and I'm just so I'm happy. Fine. If you want to keep going, we can keep going. Okay, good. I have plenty more questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's midnight here, but I mean, I got my base, so I'm fully awake. Okay, thank you. You're so kind. I do have a few more questions I'd love to ask you. If anybody has questions, drop them in the comments. Um, let us see here. So let's talk a little bit about your favorite artist of all time, ever, forever, ever, ever. You can only pick one. Artist or like bass player or musician? Like or... musician, I guess. <laughs> hmm. I don't know like a person or can be like a band or whatever. I guess it could be a band too, yeah. Well, I still don't know the answer, honestly. <laughs> There's too many, huh? 
I don't know. I mean, if I have to pick like one person, even though it's not a musician, I would say maybe somewhere in between Bill Murray and Chris Farley. <laughs> I love uh, that answer. You know, but I don't know. Have you met Bill Murray yet? No, I, that's, like if there's a time that I would like legit freaked out would be that or meeting like anyone from Seinfeld. So, oh really? Are you a huge Seinfeld fan? I'm like obsessed with it. Like, oh legit. shit. Okay. Do you have a favorite Seinfeld episode? <laughs> That's even more difficult. I love the everything like George. I love. I love it. Like when he's like a fake marine biologist and all that. And like I love that. And the, I love the whole George Marisa Tomei thing. I kind of, I, I think I, I identify myself as a George. <laughs> so, you know? Today um, I was watching yeah. I have to say that my one of my favorite episodes is when they open up the fried chicken right next to Kramer's yeah. apartment yeah. and it's like just radiating on him. Yeah. And then there's another one, I don't know if it's the same episode, it might be different, where he has like a garbage disposal in his shower. So he's like cutting up his vegetables and shit in the shower. <laughs> yeah, he gets like a, like a, how do you call it, like a meat slider, a slicer, right? Yeah. <laughs> They, they they feed like the neighbors or whatever like dog or cat under it under the, the, the door There's so many episodes like oh, is that, actually Seinfeld is one of those shows that I'm kind of surprised nobody has like complained about nowadays yeah oh yeah I know huh um you know what I really hated about um Seinfeld was just the last episode like I thought that they ended it like I I did not like that last episode I mean I just didn't like the fact that it ended at all but but I mean I, I mean it was it was what on for like 10 years or whatever you know? I guess I guess they had to end it but are you have you ever seen Portlandia yeah okay I use I love 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 that show too, and I hated the last episode of Portlandia. I'm like, ah. I love Fred Armisen, great drummer too. Oh, I know. I actually went to Will Ferrell's Quinceanera in LA a couple of years ago. Did you get to go? No, but I wish. Dude, it was so fucking badass. Like Will comes out in a big ass like ball gown. I met him once, very randomly, and. I got to like say hi and all that, but it was super random. And and I asked him for a picture and he said no, but in a very funny way and super, like I got it, like he was right about it. Like it wasn't really the moment to take a picture. And cause it was, it was like, I was at this rehearsal studio with like some friends that I used to play with. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna like, I need to use the restroom, whatever. And I go out. And I see like a bunch of like pizza boxes, like like a bunch. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like the dude at the desk, he's like, oh, if you want a slice, just grab it. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I'm just kind of like staring at the pizza and 
in a very weird coincidence, I look at the table and there was like a Rolling Stone magazine, I think it was, with like rum burgundy on the cover. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. And out of nowhere, like the restroom door opens and it's like Will Ferrell, like walking out. And I'm like, what? And he was like gigantic beard and like hair messy and all that. I'm like, what the f like, He looked like, you know, like Tom Hanks in like Castaway or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like staring at him. And he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey. And I just kind of like said hi, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm a huge fan. Like, oh, cool. And then the door behind me opened and, and it, it, he was at a rehearsal room with like a bunch of kids. I don't know what they were rehearsing. It was like kids and like parents. And I, I don't know if it was maybe something for somebody's like school or maybe something for like funny or die. I don't know. Because he's always doing like funny videos with like his daughter and stuff. So I don't know. I don't really know what was going on. And I go like, hey, is it okay if I, you know, if I take a picture with you? And he goes like, you know, two grown men with beards and a bunch of kids just doesn't look right. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so we just like, he went into the room and I went to the other room and that was it. Yeah, but he was super cool. Like he was very funny and polite about it. It wasn't like, you know, like, oh no, fuck you or anything. It was like super funny. And I guess, yeah, I think he was right, you know? Yeah, no, of course. Um, well, Farrell's always right. Um, his, so is Quinceanera. Red Hot Chili Peppers actually played, and um, they had a drum off between Chad Smith and um, the and Will Ferrell. Wait, right? Yeah, because Chad Smith and Will Ferrell. Yeah. So, and they both had their own team. So they each picked like a team of badass drummers. So Fred Armisen was like on one of the, on Will Ferrell's team, and then they had like Tommy Lee, and like he was so fucked up he could only like play the like kick drum, I think, and Fred. Um, and then Devo played too. Like it was a whole fucking thing. Like it was so so fun, and we were like in the VIP section. I, I remember seeing like like videos of it and all that. But I mean, I wish I would have been there. I would have been laughing my ass off and freaking out. <laughs> um. So something I like to ask all my guests um is if you could throw a dinner party for any five musicians, dead or alive. Who would they be and what would you serve them? Ooh, I don't know. I would probably keep it very casual, like more of a, maybe like a barbecue kind of thing. Okay. More than a dinner or like, you know, like pizza or like hot dogs or whatever. Uh, so we can be more relaxed, maybe even jam a little bit, you know, but Hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to decide in, in between people that I like their music or I just admire them for whatever reasons, but or people that I never got to meet, you know? Yeah. But I don't really know. You got this. I mean, Dimebag Daryl for sure. Oh, this this is gonna be a very fucked up group of people. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Dimebag Daryl eating hot dogs with like James Brown. <laughs> I'm about it. That sounds fabulous. Uh, who else? I don't know. Well, Chris Farley, absolutely. I don't care if he plays an instrument or not. 
he can fucking dance topless to me. I don't care. Um, so that's three, right? Did you add James Brown? Yeah. Yeah, James Brown, Dimebag Daryl, and Chris Fartley. <laughs> that's that already sounds like a party. <laughs> I guess there's no party without Lenny. <laughs> Lenny's got to come to the party. So that's four. Is it uh, five total or, or or me and five? Your friend just dropped Lemmy in the comments too. Oh, really? <laughs> that's hilarious. And I don't know. I would probably like the fifth person would probably be like a friend with like a camera to just film the whole thing. <laughs> I'll be your friend to film for you, okay? Yeah, there, there you go. You're invited to my fake party. Yes. And we're having pizza. Yeah, sure. I, I love this. I love this party already. I cannot wait to make some music and some jokes with you guys. <laughs> Imagine that group of people. That's kind of, I mean, now I'm kind of like scared about it. I'm second guessing my choices. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be fucking so badass. This is the advice everybody could kind of like give everybody else. Um, life lessons. I think there's plenty to be learned between that group of people. Yeah, and I'm sure there's, it's probably going to be like some open bar situation and whatever. going to get wild with it. Yeah, I mean, Dimebag's going to be there, so. <laughs> and then, I, and James Brown. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Mike says he'll be the water boy for that band. High quality H2O. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot of water for that. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You guys are awesome. I'm having such a great time. So one other question that I ask all of my guests is if you were to have a biopic made about you, um, <laughs> what would the soundtrack look like? What would oh, the- I, th I thought you were gonna say something different. It's a three-part question. What would the soundtrack look like? What would the storyline be? And who would play you? Well, I mean, the storyline, I guess it would have to be kind of like my story, I guess. So, or based on it. Um, soundtrack? Well, I don't know, because I mean, it, I guess it would have to be music of bands and people that I played with, kind of. Okay. So that's already a lot of different things. And whoever plays me, that one is, is that's a tough one because you need like child you, yeah, like, you know, like all the different stages. So I don't really know, but I would love to end as Jack Black. Oh my God. I love that answer. I love Jack Black so much. Like, I don't I don't know about who would be me as a kid or teenager or whatever, but as long as I'm raw, old Jack Black, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, if you guys have any suggestions as to who you think would play raw, drop them in the comments. I would love to hear them. Jessica <laughs> Harper, I see you, girl. Thanks for hanging out. What's up, mom? My mom wants you to play the Seinfeld song. Can you play oh. the Seinfeld song?
Fuck that, huh? Dude, <laughs> fuck yeah! You want that a lot? <laughs> Hell yeah! You know that, that, you know that that song is different every episode, right? No, is it really? Yeah, the intro song. It's a. Uh, I watched like a kind of like short mini documentary or like news uh, story about it. And the intro is Jerry doing stand-up. So Jonathan Wolf, who is the guy that actually wrote that, that thing, every time he plays it different to kind of time it with whatever uh, Jerry's talking about. Like in the little silences or whatever, he drops like the licks and stuff. Oh, so every shit. single episode, it's a, the intro at least is a different song. Wow, you learn something new every day here on the Sunshine Show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Brian Monroe's asking who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? That's a tricky question because Lemmy's God. <laughs> I love that. I fucking love that answer. Yeah, um, that's a, well, I think that's in the what is it, the movie Airheads, right, or something like that. Wait, is it? I think so. Or maybe I'm mistaken the movie, but I think it's on. Um, on on airheads or something. one of those movies um trick question lemmy is god yeah oh, all right uh. <laughs> let's uh talk a little yeah airheads airheads is the movie yeah great movie chris farley's in it chris farley gotta love chris farley He's in all the best like music related movies. He's on like he's on Wayne's World. He's on Airheads and all that, you know. So I think he would have fun at my fake party with dead people. He's gonna have the best time at your fake party with all the dead people. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We gotta re recreate this in a cartoon animation with like a soundtrack with me and you and David Pistorius. Yeah, that's happening. Ah. Um. So what do you have any, what's the best advice that you can give um, anybody or the best advice that somebody's given you? I would say, be on time. Be on time? And I mean, and I mean that in, in life and in, as a musician, <laughs> be on time, be nice to everybody. Because this is the thing, like, when it comes, I mean, or at least this is just my perspective, I don't know, when it comes to playing an instrument or learning a song, you know, or getting ready for a gig or whatever, at the end of the day, whoever sits down and puts the effort in actually learning can do it, you know? So the difference between maybe one musician and another is, actually keeping the gig and and that requires like show up on time know your you know your parts uh, don't be an idiot on tour you know you gotta, you gotta be someone that people can be around for 24 hours a day every day <laughs> and so i guess my advice would go more on that end but I mean, if it comes to like music, I would say just listen to a lot of music, different genres, even if it's something that for some reason you never even heard, but you, you know, when when you say, oh, do you know, do you like, I don't know, uh, 
whatever, like uh, Justin Bieber, and they go like, oh no, I fucking hate him. It's like, well, did you actually listen to it, or you like hate it because you kind of have to hate it? You know, he has some great fucking songs, and and live it's uh, great arrangements, and there's like cool musicians playing. So you always have something to learn from it, you know. So I would say that just listen to a bunch of music, go to shows whenever it's possible because it's a complete different experience. And jam and practice with your friends. You know, like jamming is where you kind of discover who you are, I guess. You know, you are obviously sorry. sorry I was gonna say you are a like living, walking, breathing example that dreams do come true. Yeah, but at the same time, the first thing I tell everybody is that you know, like anybody can do it. You know, like I mean, if me being from a country so far away actually was able to kind of get where I wanted what's stopping someone that is like already there you know it's like if i did it why couldn't anybody else do it you know and anyway it, it, it was also like i said like it was something that took like almost 10 years in the you know like making you know like i first got in touch with them then i met them then you know they came and then I went to their shows and then I met like their crew and you know and their musicians and everything and then eventually one day when they needed someone they thought of me you know so it's not like it was like I was in my room you know and I got a call like out of nowhere it's like hey you know this is whatever management and you know we want to give you this opportunity now it was like hey dude like this is happening are you free tomorrow can you come and like play and, and jam with us and yeah yeah sure I'll be there you know it, 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 it everything happened till it got to that point you know it wasn't like so i mean if i was able to kind of put myself in that situation so could anybody else you know it's not i mean it's not simple but i mean it's not impossible or hard you know like just takes a lot of dedication and a lot of time and preparation and a lot of patience too you gotta be super patient and just believe that if it's meant to happen at some point it's gonna happen at some point. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but if it's meant to be, it's gonna happen at some point, even if it's for one show, you know, whatever, but, you know, just hang in there. Yeah, man, that is great. 100%, um, 100% with those words. Um, you guys, we're gonna start wrapping this up. I have had such a great time. We're going on an hour and a half. Um, I love all of you. Raw, you are such a badass. Thank you for taking so much time out of your night to just kick it with us and answer some questions. Well, I'll be honest, I've been alone in a room for like three days now. So this is actually really nice. So thank you. Oh, good. That makes me so happy to hear. You're like the first human that in a way I kind of interact in person. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm starting a band called Heavy, and you can totally be my second bass player if you'd like. Um, I'm putting the offer out there. Yeah, I'm heavy. <laughs> Hell yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Raw Diaz is my bass player, my second bass player in my new band. <laughs> as I long as you come to my fake party, we have a deal. Dude, I'm so at your fake party. Are you kidding me? I'm already there waiting for you to show up. 
Um, all right, guys, we are gonna get going. I love all of you guys. Um, thank you, everybody watching and listening. Yes, thank you guys all so much. Make sure you go and follow Raw, follow Suicidal Tendencies. Keep an eye out for them. I'm pretty sure they'll be hitting the road here pretty soon. Hope so. And also keep an eye for the whole big old nasty get down things that hopefully are dropping soon. Big old nasty get down. That's going to be a, a party to say yeah. the least. For sure. That's going to be a real deal party. Um, man, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Um, until next time, you guys keep smiling, be kind, stay safe, and keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Stay positive. Don't be an asshole. Ra, I'll <laughs> see you in Santa Cruz, brother. I would love to. I love Santa Cruz, so I have to go soon. I haven't been there since 2017 or 16. All right, well, we're going to make it happen as soon as you get back home. Yeah, we can. We should do my fake party in Santa Cruz. Perfect. I love this. This is awesome. We are totally doing the fake party and we're laying down some baselines together. I'm so down and all about it. Good. We're all, all, right. all right, brother. We'll talk soon. See ya. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, tomorrow night, I got Scotty Brown. See you guys tomorrow night for Scotty Brown. Ha, ha, ha.